Hi out there. I'm Pat Polly, and I want to welcome you to my show, Artbeat Northwest. Now, I want to talk a little bit about my show. Artbeat Northwest is a half-hour-long nonprofit radio program. And when I say nonprofit, we don't spend any time raising money. That's the other thing. You know how all of these public radio stations spend a lot of time raising money. It's kind of irritating. We, we're just paid for. I volunteer my time. So we just don't raise any money because we don't need any. Our mission is to promote the visual arts and the performing arts in the Pacific Northwest. And it's, of course, every Tuesday at 5 p.m., which is drive time on 1150 a.m. And, of course, it's online, too, at their website, 1150kknw.com. And from there, uh, of course, it streams worldwide. So if you have friends uh, on other planets <laughs> or in other states or countries, they can hear it too. And we interview people from all the different arts and talk about goings-on in the local art scene. And also, you can listen to past programs by going to 1150kknw.com, the website for the archives. Uh, and uh, they're all right there uh, two years worth, or even more. I think they keep them on forever, actually. <laughs> Personally, I am someone who loves the arts. I love talking about art, and I love talking with artists. So the program has been really a lot of fun and very rewarding. And, of course, we have ads on the program, but they have been donated to the wonderful Kirkland Art Center and the wonderful Bellevue Arts Museum. And... This week, we are going to be talking about art classes through Telos at Bellevue College. We'll be right back talking about Telos on KKNW 1150 AM. Don't miss the wonderful exhibits at the Bellevue Arts Museum this fall. The Bellevue Arts Museum is the Pacific Northwest Center for Art, Craft, and Design in downtown Bellevue. On Now is Searching for Home, a solo exhibit by Humera Abid. Abid offers a passionate and intimate look at the humanitarian consequences of the worldwide refugee crisis through meticulously crafted wood, sculptures, and miniature painting on until March of 2018. Opening November 10th is Making Our Mark. Over 250 teaching artists from the Pratt Fine Arts Center present an ambitious show celebrating Pratt's 40th anniversary on until March of 2018. Hope to see you soon at the Bellevue Arts Museum. Wondering what's on next on Alternative Talk 1150? Check out 1150kknw.com. Welcome back to Art Beat Northwest. We're here talking with Mia Sarani and Georgia Gregory about Telos courses at Bellevue College. Now, uh, Miha has a BFA with a minor in art history at UW 2015, and his work has been shown at fine arts museums and galleries, featured in art journals, and on music album covers. His larger paintings are on permanent display at the UW. Mia was born and raised in Slovenia and speaks five languages. He teaches many different courses about art at Bellevue College through their Telos program. Welcome to the show, Mija. Thank you. So happy you could be here. 
And Georgia Gregory has a B.A. in studio art education from the University of Mary Washington and an M.A. in curriculum and instruction at Wichita State University. Georgia has taught art at various grade levels for 28 years. With her recent move to the Northwest, she became a certified instructor with Grumbacher Art Supplies, teaching adults mainly, and in 2012, by the way, she was recognized as the outstanding Kansas art educator at the secondary level. She paints primarily with acrylics, but loves to add other media to her work. Welcome to the show, Georgia. Thank you. So happy you could be here. And we want to start talking about Telos. What is Telos? Who wants to start talking about Telos? Do you enjoy teaching there? Love it. Okay, and Telos, of course, is through, we talked about, it's through a program that is through Bellevue College. Uh, You don't get any credit for it, but why do people come there? I think it's a non-threatening kind of atmosphere, an opportunity to take a class and something that you've always maybe wanted to do. That's what I like about it that I'm getting people that, yeah, they they just want to experience, they want to try it out, and the way it is set up with the price and the time and the supplies, it just is just allowing for people to be able to explore that. So they can easily explore all of these classes, and they're mainly for retired people, but they can actually, anybody can take them. It's just that they're tailored to retired people, they're during the day, and non-credit. Now, do you often give homework or assign projects or that kind of thing? Uh, no, I don't. <laughs> I think nobody does. No. I, the idea is... I think it would lose people if you start assigning homework. That, you know, nobody really wants to be burdened with homework or big projects, but they really want to get together and and talk about stuff and do stuff, right? Yeah. yeah. I have a lot. I have students, they'll ask me, they'll say, now, do we need to finish this up, you know, in between? And I say, that's totally up to you, (laughs) you know, and and it's great because I do have a lot. I mean, that go home and they continue to work with the paints and experiment. And uh, to me, that shows that they're interested, that they're getting involved with it. But that is the nice thing that there is no requirement. No. So you don't have to. You can just go and and. Be there and then go home and do something else. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. But I think if it gets really interesting, they want to do more, right? Absolutely. Hopefully. So what exact kind of courses are you teaching? Mia, why don't you talk about your courses? I am teaching two art history courses. One is, so let's see, this coming up quarter is going to be neoclassical and the birth of American art. And then the other class is called contemporary art. And the way they were designed, they were, I always find that people have a hard time understanding, well, not always, but people tend to have a hard time understanding contemporary art. So I figured oh, if right, I... Right, right. I, I, I have a hard time understanding contemporary right. art a lot of the time. Yeah, I know. So I understand. <laughs> I thought if I, if I had the opportunity to kind of show them how we get from, let's say, Renaissance to something contemporary, they might be a little more prone to perhaps follow that path and understand it because they could see the context how it all evolves so the the one of the courses is the the beginning all over again so it started with renaissance we went to baroque now we're going to do neoclassical 
So you're so showing the evolution. Now you do, do you right. show lots of slides and so on? I, I, do, I do use slides. I mostly like to focus on less recognized work. So, for example, when we covered Leonardo da Vinci, we didn't spend a lot of time on the Mona Lisa because, I mean, there's really a lot, a lot of books on the Mona Lisa. <laughs> People have done, you know, their <laughs> doctorates on that. I'm, I, I can't cover it in an hour and a half. So I try to focus on lesser-known works or... Even better works that haven't been completed. Oh. That way you, the students can see the, the process of how Leonardo, for example, worked. You know, I saw the Geneva de Bensi in person. It was at one of the galleries on the UW campus. It was bowled me over. It yeah. was so gorgeous. But And some of his other ones, I think the more complex ones are probably even right. more you know, no, amazing. And, and, th- that was the, and also what, what I think is slightly different about how I teach is that I'm, I don't only come to the lecture from academic research aspect, but also as a painter. So sometimes I'll include paintings that I think are really significant in how they're made. Uh-huh. You know, the process itself, for example. Oh, yeah. The fact that Caravaggio didn't use any underpaintings or rarely sub- had any preparatory sketches, which is unbelievable. You know, yeah. as a painter, I, I, I can't even <laughs> believe he would do that. But he could. Yeah. Um, so I think that makes it maybe a little more interesting to the, the the people in class to kind of see, okay, this is significant work because of this, but this is also interesting because of these components here. And probably there's an evolution of materials, too. Right, absolutely. That has had a lot to do with the change in art. Right. Interesting. Uh, yeah. And then the other class that I teach is uh, acrylic painting, which now will actually be called... Fun with arts or something like that. And, oh, and it will include art, yes. all sorts of materials. So really, I'm just there for people to ask me how they can, you know, do ink drawings, how they can do watercolors or acrylic painting or all, sor- all sorts of experimentation with, with, uh, with different materials. Now, and in the art that you've done, you use all of these different materials. Oh, so you're very experienced with I'm, them. He I, does a lot of wonderful contemporary art and some other kinds of art, too. I think as a painter, I try to be cheap because <laughs> because there's so much surface to cover that yeah. if if I really try to use oil paints, I think it would broke the bank. So I try and to you have Strauss a lot paint. of very large works, right? right? <laughs> so you, right. So yeah, so I try to, to be thrifty. Cover the gamut. Now, now Nihaz classes are very popular. Two of them are already full. So if you want to get on the wait list or if you want to get into the one that still has some openings, <laughs> you got to get online right away and and sign up because um, you could miss out. I have a friend that's on his wait list, I told him, and I hope she gets in. But anyway. So, Georgia, what are you teaching this spring quarter? Well, um, I'm teaching acrylics too, but I'm, I'm teaching it in the, the realm of landscape. So it's called Exploring Landscape with Versatile Acrylics because I do think it's such a versatile media. So basically we are looking at basic features that surround us, mountains, trees, sky, clouds, Do you go outside and paint? Uh, Right now we do not. Um, We have a great location actually that isn't on the north campus. We're at the Boys and Girls Club. Um, oh, oh, that's a really central courses. location for a yeah, lot of people. Yeah, which is, makes it very accessible to um, many 
And the, the greatest thing is we've got these huge windows that we're able to look out of and uh, lots of great lighting. So that's, that's primarily um, the subject matter. And, um, yeah, I just really enjoy showing people a process on how they can get an actual piece um, and that there are steps. There are steps that anyone can learn to to creating. So to, to somewhat take demystify that whole idea that art is just, you know, just kind of comes to people and you just have to have it or not. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, I like to just show them there are things just like any other subject that you can reach a point, you know, if you're if it's just broken down for you. And so do you demo for people? Or? I do. I do. I demo, a, a, you know, certain you know, like trees or water or mountains, and then allow them to go ahead and um, try it on their own. So we, we actually go through a piece together, uh-huh. but each one interprets it the way they want. Uh-huh. So they have that freedom of choosing their color, any other things they want to put in the pieces. You know, I, I don't want to inhibit anyone, so I try to give them free reign as far as, if, and if this doesn't work for you, then try something that does, because my main point is I want them to fall in love with art. Right. I want them to fall in love with painting, and I want them to be able to enjoy that experience of just getting lost in it. Um, to me, that is, that's the great thing for me Yeah. that I love. So do a lot of people work off uh, photos or, yeah. Yeah. Or, or maybe in incorporate photos with the technique of the day or something like right, that. Right, right. Some do photos. Um, we actually springboard off one p- our first piece. It's just, you know, nothing that we're really looking at. Um, just kind of a mountain landscape. And then, but if, if they struggle or they need it, I say bring in references. I look at references. Yeah. And use them as springboards. Um, not to get caught up in it has to look exactly like this because then they kind of get caught in a, a trap of getting disappointed sometimes uh-huh. if it doesn't. And, and when you're first starting, I just find, you know, not having those kind of boundaries uh, works out better. And I want them to just have fun and enjoy the class also. Now, you've had all this experience, 28 years, of teaching in the public schools, right? mostly the upper level classes. Um, right. Uh, why don't you contrast that with what you're doing here at Telos? How is it different? Well, I think the great thing is, is of course, it's not graded. Oh, yeah. Um, no homework. Um, you know, you can be much more casual. And uh, so the atmosphere is just more... I would say very relaxing. And um, so I love that difference. Uh, I still teach a lot of the same things as far as pushing uh, students to be creative. Uh And above all, to be creative, I really impress you just have to have fun in art. Um, You just got to let go of some of those preconceptions and just try to enjoy it. And that is kind of my big push also is besides the techniques, it's, it's just how to be creative. So, Miha, do you, you feel the same way about having them just be creative? And do you feel like uh, do you feel like you see some 
camaraderie or some people becoming uh, just kind of more alive after being in some of the art classes? Why don't you kind of speak to yeah, the I, social aspect? I, I do, and to me, the the primary the par- primary drive for the course, besides trying to show them how things are done or a- allowing them to ask questions to then continue on their own, is to kind of help them build a little community within class. And um, I find that every single class that I taught, the the painting class, when after the first session, you know, I would always, after they did an example or painted something, I would ask them, is it okay if I share with the class? I would never just show it to the whole class. So I would ask a student, is it okay if I share? And I want to say nine times out of ten, they would have been very shy and said, no, I'd rather you didn't. And by the end of the eight weeks, they, they're doing, you know, crits themselves. Oh, and, and, and they really build this camaraderie in classroom. And, you know, somebody comes in that, and they've done something over the weekend. And the other people will ask, well, how did you do that? Or I like <laughs> this method. Or please tell me more. Show me more. And, right. and I, I really, I think that's, it's, it's a wonderful experience when you, when you see them get that engaged with what they do and then with each other, you know. Uh, um, that's yeah. great. I had a similar, I, I had a student who said, um, just at the end of this last class, they said, this just, I just love this group. You know, I like <laughs> being in with this group and, and it's just so comfortable. So, yeah. and that was just a great, I was really glad that they shared that. Well, you know, I've just recently rediscovered Telos. I, I think I took one class there a long time ago. But um, but I really have noticed that, that people, I was in that art mashup class, and people were so friendly and nice and just a real sense of community, you know. Mm-hmm. And so there's so many nice things about this. Number one, it's very inexpensive. It's got to be subsidized or something because it's way less expensive than most one. And the teachers are wonderful. I heard somebody saying, oh, I took a course at UW, and it wasn't nearly as good as the one I took at Telos. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, I, I'm sure that, you know, it's not always that way, but we've got some great teachers here. And then these courses are eight weeks long. You can really learn something in eight weeks, you know. Um, so... Um, Let's talk a little bit about Telos and how it evolved. Um, I think it was started uh, way back in, uh, let's see, 1976, I think. Anyway, it's been around for like 42 years. Amazing. But in, uh, I think it was 2013. Oh, here it is. Uh, Yeah, started in 1976. And then in 2013, I think, you know, it got so big that it was hard for volunteers to handle the whole thing. And so um, uh, the TELUS uh, program became an official student program at Bellevue College, which I think is really nice because uh, it is such a wonderful program. And it is the first such program in the Division of Continuing Education at Bellevue College. But I think it shows that Bellevue College is really interested in, you know, serving the community. 
So I think it's great. Uh, and then <clears throat> now, what other kinds of classes are offered in the arts at Bellevue College uh, as far as the Telos program goes? I think there's just about everything, you know. I uh, You can do plays, you can do Shakespeare, you can do writing, you can do, oh, you name it. They must have. Tai Chi. Oh, Tai Chi. Right. Well, yeah. Uh, they must have. I think there's a watercolor. Right. Watercolor class, mm-hmm. drawing class. Right. Uh, there's a ballet for health. You can take ballet. Uh, just there's so many things. And, of course, there are all these standard things that everybody loves. Uh, you know, views of the news. It's like, what, five classes in views of the news? Everybody wants to talk about views of the news. I don't, but <laughs> I hear enough of it already. But but a lot of people like that. And then, uh, uh, gosh, there's just so much else that they have to offer. So um, that's a, a really... A wonderful thing to get involved in. And if you, you listeners, if you're not retired and you have some extra time during the day, you can come over and join us. You Absolutely. know, wonderful people, uh, very, um, very uh, interested in learning. Uh, history and current events, that's a big one. Health and well-being, uh, psychiatry, uh, psychology, philosophy and religion. Science and technology, you can learn all about Mars and space travel and dark holes. That's in some of the courses. Writing and research, literature. I'm doing this uh, play play reading. Uh, they're having it again where, you know, I thought this sounded really interesting, and one of my uh, friends took it, where you all read a play, and then everybody has different parts you know, so it's just like a play, only, you know, of course, you don't have any scenery or anything. And he said they enjoyed it so much that they actually put it on for an audience after they finished the class. <laughs> so, so that was really something. And then besides classes, uh, there are a lot of other things going on at Telos, but it is already time for a break. We're here talking about the TELUS classes at Bellevue College on Artbeat Northwest. Stay tuned to 11.50 a.m. for more. We'll be right back. Is art making too messy for your house? Then head on over to the Kirkland Art Center and take a class with a professional art teacher. At Kirkland Art Center, you or your child can experiment or refine artistic skills that can last a lifetime. In our art studios and classes, you can paint, cut, build, draw, print, glue, and splatter to your heart's content. We're located in the heart of Kirkland on Market Street in the historic Peter Kirk Building. Learn more about the classes we offer and register online at kirklandartcenter.org. Make us part of your daily routine. Alternative Talk, 1150. Welcome back to Art Beat Northwest. Uh, and we're here talking about the TELOS program with Miha Sarani here. And uh, Miha, uh, you do a lot of kinds of art. Why don't you tell us a bit about the kinds of art you personally do? Well, I uh, I try to I try to experiment with art, and I I find it that I don't tend to work too much serially. So um, I think that 
I'll use whatever method is required for whatever I want the subject matter to be. In other words, I, I don't, I wouldn't always use a hammer, so I don't always do figurative work. I try to, if I feel it needs abstraction, I will go towards that. I do tend to experiment with materials, so I've used everything from rocks on, on I mean, everything very traditional, like oil paint, uh, gouaches, watercolors, uh, ink, ink wash, uh, acrylic, house paint, uh, wood stain, um, all sorts of stuff. So it sounds like you have an idea. And then you just find the materials that helps you express the idea. That's always the thing. It starts with an idea. Yeah. <laughs> so that's being really creative. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I guess I try to, to experiment. And then, you know, some things are successful. Some things are a little less successful. But I find it's like a riddle. I, I, it's a riddle that I design for myself. And then I have to answer it myself. So. So you work it out in your head, and then you right. get it out on paper any way you can. That's it. <laughs> and that's very interesting and probably really interesting for students to learn. And now, uh, Georgia, uh, you probably have a different style of working. Well, I think it kind of ties in with what I'm teaching because I am just so um, inspired by the surroundings here. Uh, I always have. I've always been a, a I've always loved nature. I've always loved the outdoors. Uh, I would say I'm venturing more into abstraction, um, but it always has a note of nature in it. Uh -huh. So you're going to see those, that imagery, and I am using uh, acrylics, but I, too, you know, there's so much out there uh -huh. that you can use. Um, I like to do a lot of mixed media myself. I, I like to incorporate fiber papers, um, into my work, um, also along with the painting and inks. I'm uh, inks yeah, beautiful are big out inks there. Out there. You yeah. know, I mean, you could. I I get lost on Pinterest sometimes, just looking at all the different things and the approaches, or in different artists, and and just researching that is 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 interesting to me. But I do love to paint the outdoors. So. Okay, so got two great choices for courses here but we are already running out of time thank you so much georgia and miha for coming in to talk with us about your classes for telos at bellevue college thank you thank you yeah it's so great talking to you now how do we go online and sign up for classes i think it's is this right bellevuecollege.edu slash telos sounds right that's right that's right. Yeah. Okay. So be sure to sign up for the spring TELUS classes soon. They're really filling up quickly, uh, especially the really good ones. They're all good. <laughs> <laughs> and be sure to listen in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. drive time for RB Northwest. I'm your host, Pat Polly, signing off on Alternative Talk, 1150 a.m. Have a great creative week. To be your best every day, you need proven quality sleep every night. Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. And that's where the Sleep Number Bed comes in. And let me tell you, ever since I've had it, my Sleep IQ score is just going higher and higher. And did you know 8 out of 10 couples say that one of them sleeps too hot or too cold? 
Science tells us regulating your sleep temperature leads to higher quality sleep. For many couples, temperature struggles are a real challenge. So here are some tips to help you both sleep just right. Look for beds designed with temperature benefits such as the new Sleep Number Climate 360 smart bed that actively warms and cools each side so you both sleep blissfully comfortable. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number 360 special edition smart bed. Plus special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash podcast one. Sleep Number, the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details.